0: Today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by Chill Boys, the official underwear of the Dirty Sports Podcast. Chill Boys, comfort where it counts. Dirt balls, get rid of sweaty, itchy, disgusting underwear. I know a lot of you guys got those nasty ass underwear. You got any with holes where the butt is? You know what I'm talking about, right where the butthole is? We all get those as dudes. Get rid of them. Throw them in the garbage, go to chillboys.com, and get you a pair of their nice and fresh bamboo boxers, or maybe their boxer briefs, or maybe the performance boxers. They're all available at chillboys.com. Best of all, you get 20% off dirt balls. It's time to upgrade your undies, boys. Use discount code DIRTY20 at chillboys.com. That's D-I-R-T-Y 20 at chillboys.com to save 20% on your first order. That's dirty20 to save 20% off at chillboys.com. All right, dirtballs, time to start the show. Sports Podcast. I welcome to, the Dirty Sports Podcast. With Welcome to the Sports Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host live on the Five Freeway in California, Joey No Chill no.
1: Hello, Andy.
0: Good Monday afternoon, my friend.
1: Yeah, it's still Monday morning over here in California, but uh, how's Cincinnati these days?
0: It's good. The weather cooled down a little. I got I got a nine. I, I try to gauge my runs if the. Weather's gonna be a little cooler. Get a little extra in. Did nine miles this morning. Nice. So some would say I have a problem at this point in my family with my running.
1: Yeah, who who is saying that?
0: Oh, it's just it's just like I I so I so today was day twenty five straight running. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, just you know.
1: I mean this 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 is very Andy Ruther at this point. Like I mean I, I've been doing this with you long enough that I know. This is what Andy Ruther does. He gets on something, and that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna run, he's gonna be celibate, he's gonna watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, whatever whatever the thing of the moment is, Andy's in.
0: Well, I've had you know, I've had this dance with running now for a few years, off and on.
1: Yeah. Off and on, you're like, I'm gonna run a marathon ran every day for a while and then and you ran, you ran so you got you you went so Andy Ruther at it that in retrospect Tommy Dewey was like you know what your problem was you Andy Ruthered it
0: well i think this is a little different i think this is uh this isn't going anywhere right uh, i i just i feel that that vibe and and, and i like it but I will say, man, I like my sister-in-law was like, dude, you got to start eating more. I think I'm not eating enough and I'm running so much when you do, you know, I'm on pace to do about 225 miles this month. When, yeah. you, when you run that much, I got on a scale the other day, dude, it, it said 158.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see, you see this too. in in a lot of runners, a lot of the marathon types, look, they're good runners. They don't look super healthy.
0: Yeah, that that was I was called emaciated, and my face looked like, dude, what's going on here? So I think I think now I I start sprinkling in the everyday push-ups for muscle mass, and sit-ups.
1: And also, dude, you're in you're in the Midwest. She some garbage.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've been eating some garbage. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but you know you're right. I I my my big kick has been uh is getta. You know getta? What is it? Getta. It's a German food. Getta. Geta. I don't even know how it's pronounced. Gota. You ever heard of this? Oh, yeah. Nope. It's, uh, it's kind of like a meat and grain sausage mush. It's like a breakfast thing. You put it with eggs, bacon. There's some pork in it. It's, it's, it's like this weird looking, it kind of looks like ground beef, but it's a mixture of all those things. All right. Definitely not healthy, but it tastes good. Yeah. Been doing that. How was uh, San Francisco and Tahoe?
1: Uh, it was fantastic. I uh, hung out with your boy. We stayed with your boy, Damo, Jason Domachino, out on the west shore of Lake Tahoe. Got to shout him out. He's a devout listener of the Dirty Sports. He listens to us as he goes to sleep, guy.
0: Love that dude. Love quietly. that dude. Love that in, dude.
1: In my bed. He is a trip. He was fun. We hung out with him. Uh, we, went to, we went to the greatest pub in all the world, McDuff's, on a Friday and did some drinking. And uh, that's like, you know, my first time really at a bar since all this went down. And, you know, combine combine first time out with, um, with the fact that you you know, my friend owns the bar and barely charges me for drinks and yada, yada, yada. I got pretty drunk. And, uh, so the next day we, we, we were supposed to golf, which we did, but boy, I was not feeling good. Old school Joe Prano hangover.
0: Where was that on the hangover scale of the last few years for you?
1: Oh, the last few years, like I would say on the, on a, on a hangover scale, like one to 10, it was probably like a six and a half, maybe a seven, which is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I've been pretty good. I, you know, last few years, I, I, I feel like I haven't had like a, any like big timers. Um, but it, it was, it was rough in, in the morning, but by one o'clock I was out. On the golf course, you know, or, or at the golf club. and 140, we were out golfing, and uh, golf was great. Um,
0: now, now let me knee... ask you, Joe. Uh, sorry. Yeah. To finish what you were going to say. I, I was going
1: uh... to say, the, the, the knee didn't hold up great. Uh, so, golfing on your just your back leg is tough, but it's just a fantastic day, you know?
0: Well, I was going to ask. You and I have been very open that we are examining possibilities of moving for a year whether that's somewhere else in LA somewhere south of LA maybe even a place like Tahoe like like, like let me ask you could you really live in Tahoe for like a year say 2021 we're going to have a dirty sports compound for a year could you realistically do that
1: well, i i love Tahoe i think Tahoe is a place that i could live I, I feel like, um, I feel like the thing with Tahoe is you're out of the mix. You know what I mean? Obviously we're talking about this because of everything that's been going on, but like, it, it's definitely like you're, you're secluded there. You're very secluded, but I love, I love Tahoe. Um, I could live there for sure. Like I could, I could live there, forget a year. I could live there forever. If I wasn't, you know, if we weren't in the business,
0: sure. But if you it, were financially it, sound,
1: yeah, it's it's a fantastic place. I I love it there. From the golf to the skiing, the scene, casinos. You know, there there is even a little hint of an entertainment business there. Obviously, anywhere there's casinos. But um, for me, the you know being secluded from. I guess a career would be difficult. And then also I would miss the ocean. You know, I love to surf, uh, but, but for a, uh, certainly a vacation. I, I really love it there. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I've been adding just FYI. I've been adding, I did some more additions to our possible 2020 move. Google doc. The the one where I just keep seeing great spots is Encinitas, like Carlsbad, you know, su- it su- south lo- of us. I
1: love it. I love it down there.
0: The San Diego area. There are some really nice beachfront houses that are affordable.
1: It's just such a wild time, man. There's so much up in the air, though. It's like, at this point, the way I, you know, being out and about in like Tahoe, like we didn't, we were only there a couple days, but... People have, it is, you know, it's back to normal and then some. Everybody is going out, man. Like, whether or not the coronavirus is over, which a lot of the spikes places will tell you it is absolutely not. uh, People are acting like it is.
0: Well, I I, I just don't know. And I'll bring up the numbers because it's a good segue into today's news that multiple players on the Cowboys and Texans tested positive including Ezekiel Elliott but you know my response at this point we've waited it out this this started mid-march we're now mid-june the numbers do not lie the everyone dying is old and also talk to health I, I spent all weekend with healthcare people in Tennessee last week everyone saying the whole point of flatlining the curve right which they had to do which was smart I was not against that right was saying we got to shut everything down so we don't overflow our hospitals yeah that was achieved in fact it was achieved so much they had to furlough nurses and doctors so yeah I, I'm just like I'm to the point of I'm kind of over it and I don't want to be I don't want to be that guy and I'm not that guy who's like America holding a gun in front of a Capitol building saying, like, open up. But I also, you know, I have the numbers right in front of me from the CDC. Well, if you look at the numbers, and I do have the actual CDC numbers in front of me, that's what's crazy. I just don't think people are looking at them. You know, everyone from the ages of 15 to 54, more people this year have still died of pneumonia. Now, I know pneumonia, I'm assuming, is not contagious like... COVID, but I don't know. I I just feel like that puts it in somewhat perspective and even the same data for influenza. Now, more people from those same ages, again, 15 to 54 have died from COVID than influenza, but it's like not that many more. It's like basically COVID is three or four times more deadly than the influenza. It's, I don't know. I'm just like, like to me, when I see the news of Zeke and all these players, oh, they all test positive. I don't want to dismiss it, but I'm in a way I kind of do. Like I just want to be like, cool, they're they're the best athletes in the world. They're gonna be fine, right?
1: But I mean, I guess the thing that 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 messes with that is like not every player is going to want to take the chance of contracting that. You know what I mean? I I don't, again, I don't know what does, you know, does, uh, does Dak Prescott live with his grandmother? Like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, look, I think a lot of points are fair and valid. I just, I also think. There, we can't trust anything. Does that make sense? We can't even trust the COVID deaths because at this point, it's basically known you get paid more money, $13,000 in, in Medicaid, if you mark COVID as a death. Like, that's a fact. Yeah. So So even even these CDC numbers that I'm looking at, I'm kind of like, no, I don't know how accurate the... I don't know. I, I'm just like... I'm to the point – I'm just going to say it right now uh, on the, with sports and COVID and especially with the baseball stuff, Joe, my response is why can't we have fans at games? And 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 I'm not saying we have to do full capacity, but if a stadium seats 40,000, 10 or 15,000 fans is a lot better than none if they're going to play them in their actual ballparks because baseball is different, right? Baseball is not doing the bubble – that the NBA is going to do. So my response is, why can't you space out in a, in a 35 40,000-seat ballpark, ten to 12,000 fans?
1: Devil's advocate, you know, the thing about this situation is you have to, somebody, whether it be commissioners of these sports or, you know, owners of these teams, players themselves, is they have to think about, you know, the, somebody has to be the person that makes a decision to come back and it's a heavy decision, man. Like I know we're you, you and I are like ah whatever, fill baseball stadiums, let's go. But we we don't actually get to make that decision, and and it's it's a tough decision for somebody who, because if you say stuff is open, people are gonna come, and people are gonna die, and that's something you gotta live with.
0: Yeah, but but not for anything in life. I mean, we're to the point, you know, obviously I, I'm always on the, and you probably are too, you know, more of the libertarian spectrum as far as like how we would sit politically. I, I just, you know, I'm a firm believer in the individual and in the individual rights, whether that's going where they want, doing drugs, you know, whatever they want to do with their body, who they want to marry, what, what, you know what I'm saying? Like.
1: Well, again, you know, the thing that gets so dicey with this particular thing is that, you know, how it spread and how we don't really still have a handle on that. So it's like, yeah, go to the baseball game. You might get sick. But if you're willing to do that and I'm willing to do that, I was golfing this weekend and I was at a bar. But the thing is, is, again, how does that decision affect somebody else?
0: But if you're at risk or if you're older, then you just have to take precautions and it sucks. And I don't think this is me being a dick. I I just think that's the – my sister-in-law has a pre-existing condition where it would not be good at all if she got this. Right. And we've taken the precautions. She has. She basically hasn't left outside of like walks or bike rides in the apartment. You know, she hasn't gone to store for months because she really can't because it's it's an autoimmune disease and it's real serious. And the same way how we go over there, you know, me and my dad again, every time we've gone over there, we stay on the deck and we're outside. You know what I'm saying? Like, so so my point is, I think she's kind of the prime example of like if there's people out there like her, like they just they just had right, like they have to do those those sort of precautions you you can't let the minority affect the majority i don't know that's kind of how i put it
1: yeah i mean again it's it's really we, we we have we have the benefit of just speaking for ourselves whereas and again this is not to give the commissioner of baseball any break because they're not even talking about the virus now they're talking about money but the commissioner of baseball is has to make that decision for hundreds of people and their families.
0: Sure. But, I mean, baseball at this point is obviously the latest.
1: Again, again not about the virus. They're talking about prorating players' salaries, and that's a, which is why baseball is a nightmare and should be shut down forever.
0: Well, I, I mean, just this season, you know, as a sport, and I, I had a long discussion yesterday uh, with some people about it, for a sport where games are so important, you know what I'm saying? It's 162 games. It's more games in baseball than any other sport. They play 28 games a month, 29 games a month. The thought of like a 50 or 60 game season, it's it's just, it's it's ridiculous. It, it'd be like playing a 20 game NBA season.
1: It's so dumb. And I don't know if you watched the Maguire Sosa 30-for-30 yesterday. I DVR'd
0: it. I haven't watched it.
1: But we're doing the same thing again. Baseball has mismanaged everything they've ever had an opportunity to mismanage. Yeah. From, From integration to steroids to strike seasons to players' unions, everything. They just, every time, they blow it. And they have been forever.
0: I mean... They they, they truly do, and there's a reason why they are number three behind the big three in ratings and will continue to be, and I get the baseball, part of the reason they don't want to go in November, they don't want to just keep competing against football because they'll lose, but you really bring up a good point I never thought of. If you want to take it back to integration, to to Pete Rose, to even the Black Sox scandal. I, I mean, you could you could argue, not even argue. I would say, like some of those guys, like a Shoeless Joe Jackson, the fact that like he's still not in the Hall of Fame, like this, this is what baseball is.
1: They're and that- and at this, the, the the Hall of Fame at this point, they need, they need to like the Hall of Fame is a disaster.
0: It's it's a joke, man. It's a complete and utter joke. And
1: Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame. Mark McGuire's on the Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter got 100% of the votes. It's like, guys, Barry Bonds is better than Derek Jeter if he's on per- performance decreasing growth.
0: Did you see that tweet today? And I quote tweeted it on Dirty Sports that ESPN put out. They list Bonds' stats. 762 home runs, seven-time MVP, 14-time All-Star, 8-time Gold Glove. Does Barry Bonds belong in the Hall of Fame? It's it's a joke that this is even a question.
1: And again, it goes back to the same thing, which is just like this. Baseball did what they thought was right, and they let everyone cheat. But now baseball, in retrospect, is going to go back and punish people? It's a joke.
0: By the way, if you I'm just gonna say this, because this is something I'm really passionate about at this point. If you don't think Bonds or Clemens or McGuire, or any of these guys belong, just don't listen to our show. I know you've taken those stances. Just don't listen to our show. I don't want you're a fucking idiot. Like like I get angry at this point about this. You are just you're just, but again, you're, you're he, just he, he. no but no but I'm sick of these these virtue signalers. Well I hate to Every single buddy was on something. I'm just so over it. I'm so over anybody who tries to take this stance. And, and it's it's the faceless Twitter dorks. It's the baseball writers. It's all these nerds. Everybody was... Barry Bonds won two MVPs with the Pirates. It's it's like we forgot. He won two MVPs by the time he was 28.
1: Yeah, by the way, that's, that's two more MVPs than... Derek Jeter has MVPs or batting titles or like it's it's everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, I'm not necessarily saying if you have the stats you automatically get in, but I'm also not saying if you if you if there's any evidence that you did steroids that you don't get in. It's all on a case by case basis. But like the idea, the fact is, especially a guy like Barry Bonds. He was on his way already. It's so dumb. He had two MVPs at, at the age of 28. You ludicrous baseball writers put Derek Jeter in with 99.999% of the vote. He couldn't win an MVP if he was sitting on Barry Bonds' shoulders.
0: I would love to get every single one of those people and just interrogate them. Get them in a room and just interrogate them and strip. Like, like I, I want to hear their thought process. It it needs to be out there. Anyone who thinks this is is ridiculous, and and baseball, baseball could clear this up. This is like a PR disaster that just hasn't gone away. It's like a twenty five year. PR disaster that they're just ignoring guys, you could alleviate this whole problem by just saying steroids were rampant. And if you follow Trevor Bauer, uh, he has a lot of great tweets today about like, he basically did a tweet, uh, you know, like a tweet montage or whatever you want to call it where like, like where you just keep tweeting. And that's what he said. He's like, guys, they're all doing it. Like you can't just pick and choose and cherry pick. But, again, it's, this is the only sport. You brought up a great point, Joe, about the Hall of Fame. This is the only sport where we look at the Hall of Fame. Now, you know, football, there's been questions. You know, certain players are like, man, you know, why did it take T.O. so long? He's one of the best of all time. Or, why did it take some of these guys so long? Which is always going to happen. But baseball is the only sport, right, where you're like, this whole Hall of Fame is so jacked up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's in the hands of the wrong, the the, the totally wrong people.
0: Let me ask you: Would you want a fifty-game season, or you would you just say at this point just scrap it? Like as as someone who you're very passionate, you're extremely knowledgeable. Like I want your take on this. What do you want?
1: Look, in a way, I. In a way, I, I just want baseball. But at the same time, I think that that comes more from not having had anything. Yeah. Because, you know, basketball starting again at the end of July and going to October. Like, am I going to miss baseball that much? Yeah, I want baseball. But, like, the same thing. And when you watch the Sosa McGuire documentary, the same thing that everybody ever gets into with the way that they, like, care about baseball numbers is, like, What, like, what are we judging this season on at this point? How are you judging? Oh, this guy hit 19 homers, the league leader. Yeah. Like, okay. The thing for me is, like, if the Mets win the World Series this year, it will not feel real to me. Sure. You know? That's a great point. It won't feel like we won a real-world series. I'm not saying, obviously, if they play a season that I won't hope that the Mets win it. But it won't, it won't be that series. It won't be that ring that I have been waiting for, and that right there like tells me everything. So like in a way, yeah, I just want to wa- be able to watch baseball. I want to be able to watch the Jacob DeGroms. Like, it, it sucks that he, he may like a guy like that who's in his prime, who's won back to back Cy Youngs, has to take a year off. But at the same time, I'm like. They've already blown it. They've already blown it so bad.
0: Yeah, I know. And and did you? So I assume you watched the McGuire Sosa thing. I did. Yeah. And how do they handle the steroid stuff?
1: Well, much honestly, and it's kind of shameful that they did it. I guess it's the you know, I guess it's the way to tell the story though, but they handle it the exact same way that baseball handle it. They tell you the whole story of this home run race, and then they tack on at the end steroids, you know, which I honestly would have preferred it if they are sitting there talking with these guys. If, you know, take me through their thought process of doing it the whole time. Don't give me the same old story about like, this is what happened. And then after the fact, we, we looked back and you guys were on it the whole time and you're sorry about it, but not that sorry. Yeah. How about like, was there any point, you know, in, in early May when you've already hit 17 bombs or whatever, were you thinking like, man, this is a double edged sword like if i hit if i hit 62 and i break that record it's just going to make people dig deeper and maybe somebody finds out something but the bottom line is a lot of especially maguire and we know that over the years and, and sosa to some degree they they aren't really that
0: sorry no and and, and to be honest i don't fault them for that because there wasn't any repercussions. does that make sense? Like if you look at the the human behavior if if there's no repercussions and in fact it's elevated and basically put up on a pedestal like their their behavior was promoted is my point. you, you know that's,
1: that's to me what has been missing from this tale the whole time that no one like instead of Mark McGuire saying it was legal, Everybody was doing some sort of thing, and I might have been able to hit 60 anyway, which is maybe he could have, sure. But instead, say baseball was so obviously turning a blind eye to it. Everybody, for the most part, was doing something. It's stupid for me not to. Yeah. But they don't say that. You know what I mean? They say it wasn't illegal. And, you know, like, put it on baseball that they basically made you do it.
0: That's what I'm saying. I don't put the onus on the players. And maybe that's what I, I, I,
1: I put it on these guys after the fact, because they're still acting like they're, they're still playing like, oh, you know, it wasn't illegal. And we didn't know any better and whatever. That's not really what it was. It was. And McGuire, especially being kind of the poster child for it, if you go all the way back, I mean, Kinseyco and McGuire being the Bash Brothers, like, bro, we know how this happened. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. We know, like, you can you can play dumb all you want, but you also are kind of one of the guys who, with not that much investigation, started it for everybody else.
0: Oh yeah, he he like can say the Bash Brothers of Oakland for us growing up they were like the founding fathers of the PED movement in baseball.
1: Right. So you can say that baseball turned a blind eye, but what you're saying is they turned a blind eye to you specifically, and then the rest of the league started doing it. And then it's like, well, how do I not keep doing it? Now I've got the whole league on it.
0: Yeah. Well, what I liked to go back real quick to to Trevor Bauer's tweets is he basically makes the argument of the whole time which you've said on this show, in baseball. You know, he says, "We would, what we could, would consider steroid substances that are illegal today were always legal. Greenies, amphetamines were handed out like candy. You know, this is in the 60s, 70s. Players were forced to take them because it was seen not doing anything. It was seen as not doing everything you could to help the team if you didn't. So basically, he, I mean, he's got a great point of like, guys... What's the difference between steroids in the '90s and early 2000s and guys going up the bat on mind-altering amphetamines? I mean, Doc Ellis threw a no-hitter on LSD. I don't even know if that helped him, which is the craziest thing. Uh, no,
1: I don't. I don't think it did. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but you know what I'm but you know you know my point is like people were always we, we need and to me it, it's this this is what the problem is is. You see this in the political world, and especially in the social justice warriors. You can't take something someone said or did and put it out of historical context. It doesn't mean that something is right, but also things always have to have historical context. So if guys were doing stuff, like you're saying, in the 90s and 2000s, and the commissioners looking the other way and actually propping it up, then you're then yeah it's it's on baseball. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I I just, you know, at this point, it's it's like I'll use the word disheartening. The whole situation as a sports fan is disheartening, and
1: and and and, that, and you know we go back to the thing is like you got to look at everything on a case by case basis. But uh, I I'd love to hear from the guy who doesn't think Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, well, guess what? If Bonds doesn't take steroids when McGuire's hitting 60 and 70 home runs and he just goes, hey, I'm going to be a 29 to 40 home run hitter every year, clean, he might not be in the Hall of Fame anyway. It's like, I'd love to hear the guy who goes, like, yeah, if I was Barry Bonds, I would just keep, hitting 30 bombs even though I knew I was way better than McGuire.
0: So I saw Griffey, I saw Junior was trending because I'm sure they talk about, because obviously would Griffey have that year? 57, 59 bombs himself?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Where, where do you put Junior? I mean, Junior's stretch, Junior had a, what, like a 10-year stretch? He's the best player in baseball, we're going to say, or no?
1: Um, I mean, certainly arguably all around he was right there you know he's in the conversation i feel like you know You, you know what you know what i'm kind of sick of though too and i'm not i'm not putting this on i'm not i'm not making the accusation about ken griffey jr but everybody goes never never a whiff of steroids around ken griffey jr so what does that mean he didn't do it that, you're telling me that means with, without a shadow of a doubt, he's never taken a performance-enhancing drug? How could you possibly
0: say that? Yeah, I agree. Like, like, Dude, from that era, I just, you just don't know. You just don't know.
1: I mean, how could you possibly that? Look, the, did he have a particularly home-run, savvy swing? Yeah. Did he? Was he great? Was he the son of a big leaguer? Was he a phenom at 19? Yes, 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 yes. All that stuff. Guess what? So was A-Rod. Yeah. And Arod did it. And the reason, you know, people come after Bonds, people don't like Barry Bonds. Everybody loves Ken Griffey Jr., a, a beloved athlete.
0: Sure. It's a good that point.
1: Doesn't, that doesn't mean he didn't do it. It just means no one wants to even find out.
0: And again, you're not saying he did do it, but...
1: I'm not saying at all he did do it, but like at this point we're now, Piazza's in and everybody thinks he did it. Bonds is in and everybody thinks he did it. Isn't it? What's that?
0: Bonds isn't in.
1: Right. I'm saying Bonds isn't in, but everybody thinks he did it. But Piazza is in and everybody thinks he did it. Yeah. And Griffey's in, but no one thinks he did it. But we don't know.
0: Well, Griffey hasn't been inducted yet, right? Was he inducted?
1: Uh, Yeah, he must have been.
0: His last year was 2010.
1: Yeah, then he's in. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer.
0: God, poor... Guarantee it. Poor Griffey, man. That career just got ruined by by my hometown.
1: And look, he still ends up hitting 600 home runs.
0: I know, that's what's crazy. I mean, he's... 630...
1: but that, but that's the thing—is like recovery from injuries and preventing injuries and all that stuff. But like, look, you know, what if Griffey's injuries were different than the ones he had? That would have been helped by doing it, or not. And again, the thing is—is is like you can't say with one hundred percent certainty that Ken Griffey Jr. didn't do it.
0: I got, I had some intel on Griffey, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing major, but. Uh... So the, our former strength coach for our football team really worked his way up, and uh, he eventually became the Reds' head strength coach, Carlos, Puerto Rican dude, and uh, uh. worked his way up. And then I ran into him oh God, where did I run—I ran into him in Griffey's early Remember, because Griffey just had injury after injury. And his thing was, he said he was lazy and he's like, dude, natural talent, obviously. We all know. But he just, you know, as you get older, Joe, he just, he was not putting forth what he, what Carlos said, deemed, like, you need to do the weight room. You need to do these strength exercises, these conditioning. And Junior just had such raw talent, he didn't. And, and that's what he thought. Again, it's one man's opinion, but he's also the Reds' head strength coach. So, you know, take it for what it's worth that he kind of put Junior just not putting forth those sort of efforts.
1: Efforts that maybe guys who were juicing do.
0: Yeah. Or a or, or guy like, you know, to kind of segue into NBA, a guy like LeBron who at that same age was like, I'm putting in millions of dollars into my body every year so that I can still play at this level.
1: There's a lot of people that are on the LeBron has always been on something, kid.
0: Yeah. I can see that. A lot of
1: people. A lot of people. You know, Pete Sistaro is a friend of the show. He's a guy who goes, there is no Santa Claus. You're not just the biggest, fastest, strongest, forever, never get hurt. LeBron's on something. Yeah. It's like, okay. But again, the po- th- this goes back to the point is like, you could never say for sure one way or the other unless somebody gets caught. So what are we really doing?
0: Yeah. Well a lot of NBA news over the weekend. In, partic- yeah. in particular, them playing, or not playing, I should say, because of the co- the whole social movement with Black Lives Matter and obviously our country, and, and to be honest, kind of around the world, what's happening. And, you know, Kyrie Irving's at the center of it. We have this Patrick Beverly tweet. I'll start off with the Patrick Beverly tweet. So, He basically saying they're going to play because LeBron wants to play. And he tweeted, Hoopers, say what y'all want. If at Kings James said he hooping, we all hooping, not personal, only business, hashtag stay woke. Which
1: basically everybody agrees is a shot at LeBron. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Am I a LeBron guy? Yeah, love LeBron. Have I been critical of LeBron with the whole China thing? Yeah, I have. I don't understand how anybody involved doesn't think the NBA coming back helps the movement. You have the most famous a lot of the a lot of the most famous black guys in the world competing, being put on TV every day and then getting a platform before and after games to talk directly to the world. How is this potentially bad for the movement? Well,
0: I, well I, the argument back, I've read a lot of articles, a lot of tweets. I, I've tried to stay pretty well-rounded on different opinions. I, I
1: think before, before you go, I just want to say that I think for a lot of people, the first time they heard the phrase, I can't breathe was when NBA players were wearing it on T-shirts.
0: I agree. Let, let's not forget that. That's a great point that I was going to actually bring up is that when NBA players wore the I can't breathe on their t-shirts for warmups is when that became mainstream. Look, I I pretty much agree with you. Now the other side would say though, we don't need sports as a distraction of the task at hand, right? The task at hand, it, it would be the complete and utter, you know, change of the law enforcement system and that they would they would argue, Joe, that the NBA season is a distraction from that, and that and that it would be more of business as usual. Like we're just going back to business as usual.
1: Uh, what what my what my friend Steve Hager of High Times Magazine, who I had on my podcast, uh, talked about, and you can listen to that if you want to hear him talk about it more. But the way, like, if you look through revolutions in the past and 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 just like major social changes whatever it starts with young people and like really young people he even said to me like you know if you're older than 15 and it hasn't already started to like blossom in your life you're probably not gonna be the person that creates this thing and it starts with like truly young people so to this i would say great for everybody that's out and about that's marching that's doing all of these things but what about the next generation up that are high schoolers now and that will like really be able to 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 shift it even more than the people are doing now those people aren't out marching a lot of them at least you know we see a lot of young kids but but they're not out there yet why not have their heroes talk to them directly about this so that the next generation is even more involved. No one's saying if you're 25, 30 years old, you should get out of the march and go watch basketball. If you think you should do that, then you're, that's your priority.
0: Yeah, and if you look at history, how important have sports figures and athletes played a role, especially in the civil rights movement? And yeah. within social justice issues for the black community. I mean, you can talk about what was it, the 68 Olympics, where, you know, they held up their fist at the podium, the, the medal ceremony. Obviously, Muhammad Ali. I mean, Kaepernick did his thing four years ago. We're still seeing the effects of that and still talking about it. So I agree with you. I would argue a lot more could be done with them given a platform and also a platform where millions are gonna see this not just from twitter you're gonna you're gonna basically expose other people who aren't on social media like take most of my family who's not on twitter you know what i'm saying like they're not seeing lebron's tweets but then they'll they'll be watching the games so right And,
1: and and i think this is a very basketball specific question it's like we're not having the same conversation about baseball. We're not having the same conversation even about football. We're talking about the most famous black athletes, some of the most famous black men in the world whose faces you know, who's, you know, who get like, it's just such a more up close and personal game than any other sport. The idea that these guys you know, having a platform and being able to use it. it, Like, I just think it's uh, insane not to think how much you could help.
0: Yeah. And look, on the same token, if somebody didn't want to play, I'm not going to fault them, right? Like if somebody doesn't want to play, that's their prerogative. And I'm not going to question what someone's, you know, intentions are. That's, that's not for me to decide if you don't want to play, but I will say with somebody like Kyrie, it's a lot easier for a Kyrie Irving to say, I don't want to play, when, bro, you already weren't going to play because you're injured. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's a lot more difficult for uh, Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James or somebody who is contending for a title, a Giannis to say, I'm not going to play, than the guy who's played 20 games this year.
1: Obviously, Kyrie Irving has a lot more of a right And a lot, and his opinion on it is a lot more important than than mine. Joe Prano is a white guy, but can I say honestly, like as far as Kyrie Irving's opinion compared to a lot of other basketball players, I value it a lot less. Not just because he's injured, but also because he who he's been throughout his career.
0: Yeah, I agree. When
1: when has when has Kyrie? I I am looking to the leaders. In the NBA, as the guys to 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 lead, Kyrie Irving has not been a leader his entire career. Yeah, and, and and this is from this is and and this is not about basketball. Kyrie Irving is one of the most unbelievably talented basketball players that has ever lived. Kyrie Irving's issue on the basketball court comes from his leadership abilities. So guess what, Kyrie? Yes, your opinion's more important than mine, but it's not more important than LeBron's. It's not more important than Kawhi's. It's not more important than guys in the league who are vocal leaders.
0: That's a good way of putting it. And I agree. His opinion is more important than mine because I'm a white dude. So I don't really have a say in this. But if you compare him with other leaders... Or other players, and also coaches. His lack there of leadership. I mean, I mean, wasn't that the main problem with his stint on the Boston Celtics? Was that there was a complete void of leadership with Kyrie and with his teammates? And we've seen how much they flourished without him while he was on the team and injured, and now as he's left.
1: Yeah. I've got a whole other, by the way, Kyrie thing that we you
0: cut out. You got a whole other Kyrie what?
1: I've got a whole other Kyrie thing. I've got some inside intel on Kyrie. I'm not. We're not going to break it today. Uh, we'll talk off air and we'll talk about uh, this. I'm not going to throw anybody who gave me information under the bus. Ooh. But I've got I've got juicy Kyrie nuggets. Ooh. And I want to, I want to. There's, there's tug
0: nugs that sound like a prano pill. Give me a little of that pill, fam.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. We'll talk about that some other time.
0: I think they're going to play. I also think to go back to Patrick Beverly's tweet, I agree with it. I, I agree with it in the sense that LeBron does have wield that much power, obviously. And if LeBron says they're playing, they're playing. I think he's 100% accurate.
1: Also, Patrick Beverly, this is like so on brand for Patrick Beverly, right? Yeah. I don't know what Kawhi is saying about it. I don't know what Doc Rivers is saying about it. Okay, I'd love to hear what Doc Rivers is saying about it, and then see if uh, then see if Patrick Beverly is claiming that his own coach is not being is sarcastically saying he's not woke enough for the cause.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, there's still hypocrisy. Doc
1: Rivers is a black guy who played in the 80s and the 90s and coached in Boston. Patrick Beverly, I care a lot more about what Doc Rivers has to say than what you do.
0: Yeah. And by the way, I have not forgot about the China issue. I I just want to put that out there. Like, I mean, you you touched on it lightly, but you and I were both critical. And I, I forget, was I DMing with somebody? It's like, guys, we were both extremely critical of how the NBA in general and guys like LeBron and Kerr and Popovich, all these guys got silent. That hasn't changed for me. I think they're all fucking hypocrites in that regard still. That that hasn't changed. I just want to put that out there. Like, those guys bent the knee to China like little bitches, and that's fine. Like, like I've said all along, just be transparent. Just say, I don't want to fuck with my money. If you just said that, I'd be cool with it. But they didn't. They tried to act like they were so knowledgeable or let's wait and see that. Look, I just have to say that because.
1: Well, also, I mean, this at this point, though, like, let's go. Let's go even more down the rabbit hole. How much do they you're talking about three guys who are really, really, really involved in the NBA and have been for a long time. How much does Popovich and Kerr and LeBron really know about China? Because look at the situation we're in. Because we have a president who did go after China, and now suddenly we maybe have some sort of uh, you know chemical warfare happening, viral warfare.
0: You going deep on the uh, the conspiracy theories here, Prana? I'm
1: just I'm just saying I'm just saying.
0: NBA is going to happen. They're going to play July 31st. Trust me. And, it, and I'll tell you what, sports fans, that's going to be a crazy few months. You're going to have NBA playoffs, NBA conference, and and whole league finals with NFL. Ooh! Gets me a little hot in the pants, Brano. It's
1: exciting. It'll be good to get sports back, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and to kind of go back to going to games – I I am not worried personally. I will be attending the Los Angeles Chargers games as a season ticket holder, and I'm not too concerned. Probably because who knows how many other season ticket holders will be there. There might be uh, social distancing. Not even they don't even have to make it happen. It just is an unintentional social distancing. Um, but I'm not concerned personally.
1: I'm I'm do I'm I'm still on like the is what it is kick. Like, we're still a couple months, you know, we're still a month-plus away from the NBA, and the NBA won't even be open to games. Obviously, we're looking at September for football. It's a long way away. So, we'll see where we're at come September.
0: Well, they have discussed, I don't know if you saw this, and I think they should just do this and for all the future, cutting down the four preseason games to two.
1: Yeah. We don't need preseason football at all. Yeah. Co- college doesn't have it. No. I mean, they have the warm-up weeks where no one plays anybody r- real, but also every every year somebody does play somebody real in, in that first game, and those first couple games, and their national championship hopes go out the window.
0: Yeah. They got the, the intra-squad scrimmage, right? That's what they do? Yeah. yeah. Something like that? Who who's the? Uh, I'm gonna put this out there for college football coaches. I mean, is Davo Sweeney at this point? I think he might have the most punchable face of a college coach.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, I unfortunately I don't know. Uh, I don't know a ton of college coaches. I mean, did they fire Chip Kelly?
0: He's got a punchable face. No, he's still UCLA's he, head coach.
1: He's got a real punchable face.
0: Yeah. He'd be up like Nick Saban. I don't find that as a punchable. Nick Saban can. I. I. I know why a lot of people don't like him. Um, I've always liked him just because he's so ridiculous. Uh but I don't see that as a punchable face. No. Chip. Chip Kelly does, and also uh, God. Why is his name another another uh, Irish guy? Who's Notre Dame's head coach? Uh, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. He kind of has the shut up, dad, shut up, okay, boomer, I want to punch you in the face. Yeah. Right?
1: A little bit, for sure. Not. I, I don't think he's on Chip Kelly's level, but he's close.
0: No, no, he's definitely not on Chip Kelly's level. You ever go to a Notre Dame football game?
1: I have been to a Notre Dame football game, but I have not been at Notre Dame. I've been to multiple Notre Dame SC games. I've been to multiple Notre Dame... Uh, Notre Dame games in other off-site you know spots but not never
0: in South Bend it's a, I've done to a few it's it's a good experience yeah
1: I, I'd love to do, I'd love to do it sometime
0: I was at the game my freshman year it was Notre Dame Purdue where Drew Brees was uh, what's that
1: he, he had a great game right
0: no, that Purdue lot Notre Dame hit a field goal as time expired. Oh wow! And I think either that year or the year before Purdue had gone to the Rose Bowl with Brees.
1: Right, right.
0: And, and, um, and, go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, what's funny about that is how how times have changed. You know, this is pre-metal detectors. This is pre-nine eleven. So this would have been fall of two thousand. And I remember I wore a high like a hoodie from my like high school, and I must have smuggled in. Like six natty lights into the Notre Dame football game because you know you'd put them in the actual the, the move I'd always tell people if they want to smuggle beer into games you put hood you put beer in the actual hood and then also the pouch and put your hands in the pouch and they don't know that you're also smuggling beers you could fit a six pack in there
1: right that's yeah that's solid it's definitely that's definitely pre metal detector day yeah yeah I I haven't been and I think you know. My thing is that I uh, I, I, I make, a, make it a point to go to baseball games, and I make it a point to go to NFL games. I just don't seek out, like, college football opportunities anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if you're going to have much of a chance this year either. Yeah. So what's, the, what's the plan, I, I, Joe?
1: I'm, I'm totally fine with that.
0: You're, you're headed to uh, St. Louis?
1: Yeah, I'm headed to St. Louis tomorrow. Um and we'll we'll see we'll see how it is in the Midwest. I'll be joining you out in the Midwest, Andy.
0: Are you gonna get a slinger for me?
1: I will. I'll try to get a slinger for you. I,
0: look, I know they're they sound disgusting and they're unhealthy, but I, I just if if you can go to a courtesy diner, there's one uh, on Hampton, so right off the exit on the freeway, if possible. Go to that courtesy diner, which, fun fact for all my uh, St. Louis hip hop fans, was where they filmed Chingy's first rap video, Right okay. There. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. His hit song, Right There, was filmed at the courtesy diner. Uh, a favorite establishment of, of me and my friends in college when we get lit and go have some uh, late night slingers. It just sounds like a diarrhea food, and it truly is. I'm into it. Cool. Well Prano, be safe, get home to LA safely. Uh, and that's basically the show. What, what are you I just
1: want I just, I just want to say before we go, as I assume you're gonna get this up, ASAP, if you're listening to this, tonight at seven p m. Pacific time, I will be hosting a conversation between a friend of our show, David Zucker, and Pat Proft, his co-writer on uh numerous things his writer on numerous things the writer of other projects that they didn't work on like bachelor party and real genius two classics um and if you go to flapperscomedy.com you can get tickets to watch that conversation which will just be me asking a few minor questions and then letting two comedy greats do their thing
0: love it yeah and really two comedy legends that's no joke
1: and uh and shout out to everybody who Venmoing, uh, Venmoing, as always. Austin O'Neill, we will answer your questions on a future episode when I am not in the car, I promise. Austin sent me a couple of Venmo donations and said, he figures that this is a way to buy questions on the show now that we're not doing dirtball calls, and I gotta say, I like it.
0: Yeah, Austin also sent me a couple Venmo donations, and uh, yeah. We also had a question from uh, Stripper Bryson, which, guys, I have on the rundown, but yeah, today was a little different. Obviously, we're not we're not even doing uh, Zoom, so if you have a question, you can Venmo like that at Joe Prano or at Andy-Ruther or DM us, and uh, we'll answer your questions. And one quick note, and who knows who will hear this, but... I'm going to be here through July, so guys, I'm like full Midwest at this point, and I will be heading back to L.A. the first week of August. Joe, almost three months away from the Smut Studio.
1: Yeah, crazy. It'll be good to get you back, buddy. Uh, You know, it'll be nice to be able to do dirtball calls again. It'll be nice to be able to sit on the Smut Studio couch again and do this show the proper way. But I feel like we've done a pretty good job, given the circumstances. And uh, we'll get to all your guys' Venmo donation questions uh, on Thursday's show when we're both in the Midwest and our connection
0: is better. I, I, I yeah, and I agree. I, I look forward to getting back and obviously it's about another forty-five days, but it'll be good for me to have another forty-five days back home and I think at that point, hopefully things will change a lot in our country. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Dirty Sports. You can follow Joe at Fix Your Life on Twitter and Joe Prano on Instagram. Follow me at Andy Ruther, and that's the show, guys. Thank you for the support. Again, no YouTube video today, only audio. But we will be back Thursday with Zoom. Have a great week, Dirt Balls. Stay safe, and as always, stay dirty.